Let's pray again, please. Loving Father, we bless you this morning once again. We give glory to you and we pray that the Holy Spirit will help us as we share in the Word of God. To your glory, in Jesus' name, Amen. I'm conscious that uh, the last time I taught here, uh, I promised you that I was going to share something on uh, temptations versus trials. But um, unfortunately, things have gone a different way. And uh, we will be talking, we will be having a mini-series on perilous time, perilous men for perilous times. That's a mini-series that we take maybe six sessions, God willing. And today will be part one, lovers of themselves, part one. So, perilous men for perilous times, part one, lovers of themselves. This is because we hear a lot about perilous time, but not about perilous men. Our main reading will be in Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, from verse 1 to verse 5. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures, rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. The second reading is in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. That 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. You put this passage together, you come to the conclusion that the characteristic or the indications the Bible is giving about uh, people's behavior in the last days will actually be inspired by demons. Remember what we say in the other, the other, the other day uh, from Revelation 16, verse 14, I think, where the Apostle John saw uh, three spirits like frogs, and the Bible says these are the spirit of demons that goes to the kings to gather them against God. So there is a global, concerted effort to increase ungodliness and lawlessness and unrighteousness in order to suppress the truth of God. 
You see, another way to suppress the truth of God is to promote unrighteousness and ungodliness. So the more people get into sin, the more blasphemous they become and despisers of good. The Apostle Paul gives us a description of conditions that will exist in the world prior to the Lord's coming. The list we've just read here is strangely similar to the one given in Romans. Just read Romans chapter 1. There is a list there from verse 29. Romans chapter 1, verse 29. Being filled with unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers. Verse 30. Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. It's just as if there is a reversal of something that is existing, isn't it? unforgiving, unloving. So completely removing everything God has established for a good life, for a godly life. You know, many years ago, um, Brother Roger Oakland wrote a book, Faith Undone. That's what I'm talking about. Undone. There's almost a reversal of God's order here. And that will be the characteristic in the last days. Now, the list we having here in Romans 1 is strangely similar to the one we've read from 2 Timothy chapter 3. What's the difference then? The difference is that in 2 Timothy, in verse 5, I think it is, there is something there. The people who will be maintaining and promoting these things will keep an appearance of godliness. So these are religious people here doing these things but keeping an appearance of godliness but denying its power. What is the power of holiness? What is the power of godliness? The Bible says because we've been, we died, we rose with Christ, therefore we should live in newness of life. The Bible says great is there's no controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh. So the mystery, so the power of godliness is Christ himself. His death, his resurrection with us, therefore the consequence is that we are living in newness of life because of Christ in us. Now these people here will deny keeping an appearance of holiness, of godliness, but denying everything that pertains to life and to godliness. That's the difference between the two lists. In the other list in Romans, clearly it says, haters of God. But in this other list, it doesn't say that. But they're rejecting everything very cleverly under the appearance of religion, but they hate God. Working in partnership. So we have people attacking the church from outside openly, 
And there is a relay from the church itself with people who seem to impose that we should heed those things from haters of God. That's a characteristic of the latter day. Anything ungodly, when they land in the church, oh, yeah, 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 we, we should, we should, yeah, let's not be too strong, you know, yeah, yeah, let's not be too negative, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. Remember in John 10, the hiring, some are operating from within and some are coming from outside to do the same work. The church needs to be discerning in the latter days. Well, I'm saying that it's not atheism that will send more people in hell. It's religion. Religion will send more people in hell. If you think that everyone is religious here, everyone in the world, they are religious people proud. They are proud about their own religion. But some of them are false. Most of them are false. They're leading people to hell. People find comfort in religion, including some forms of Christianity. Tragic having a form of godliness but denying its power. Anything goes. The church should be open to anything in the name of acceptance and tolerance. What does the Bible say? Let me read one sentence I overlooked there because it's very important. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse um, I think it's um, verse 5. Having a form of godliness but denying its power, what does the Bible say? From such people, turn away. That's what the Bible says. Turn away. Because it's corrupting. We're not more loving than God who inspired this. If something is leading the church, the body of Christ, in the wrong way, we need to stand against it. Regardless. God is love. Now, the last days referred to in this passage are the days between the apostolic period and the coming of Christ. We are already in the last days. Some people have referred to this as last of last days. We are in the last day since Jesus went to heaven. You know, and the believers who were living in those days believed that he would come back in their lifetime. That's what Paul taught. I do, not you to, I do not want you to be ignorant of these things. If we believe that Christ rose again, we should also believe that he will bring back those who died in him. So they believe that in their lifetime, Christ will come. So it was already the last days. In this passage... We are struck with by the repetition of the word lovers. Lovers. In fact, each characteristic listed in this passage can also be turned into the word lovers or no lovers. All of them. When the Bible says despises of good, you can well say lovers of sin. If someone despises good, it's sympathetic with evil. So all the characteristics there are either lovers or no lovers. But dear brethren, these are not just 
small things that are there to pass, to go away. No. These are big things, world-shaking and shaping things that are there to stay until Christ comes back. Why am I saying that? These are not just people committing sin by, by accident. No. Check Romans 1, verse 30 or 29. The Bible speaks of evil-mindedness. The mind is programmed for evil, but there is more frightening. Inventors of evil things. Inventors. In French, ingénieux au mal. Ingénieur, an ingénieur. Someone who is designing evil. That's what we're talking about here. It's not people just sinning in passing. It's people thinking more evil than yesterday. New form, new types of evil to hurt, to hurt God. And to draw people after themselves. What does the Bible say? We should keep away from that. How do we keep away? By maintaining the grace of God. By obeying God. Because his divine power has given us everything that pertains to eternal life. And godliness. Not psychology. No psychotherapy. No psychometric. The word of God. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is living. And powerful. And sharper than any two to penetrate all our being. And do the work. Are we going to leave the world aside? and listen to the expert, the psychologist who will tell us what to do, that pastors who, have not, who do not have a degree in psychology cannot counsel? Are we going to listen to that? Did Peter, John, Paul have a degree in psychology? Is the word of God versus the word of man here? Inventors of evil things. Ingenieux au mal. They think. You see, uh, scientists, they spend a lot of time in laboratory, you know, uh, doing uh, uh, fundamental research, you know, an experiment to make sure, and then they move to something else, development research, and then they move to something else, um, how is it called, I don't know, applied research, etc. So they're processing these things. So the Bible is telling you that these people will be inventing evil. This should frighten us. We don't need to hear this in the news. It's in the Bible. All this is happening in the last days. It's not just a usual and passing situation that will quickly disappear. The Lord refers to the time before his coming as similar to the days of Noah and Lot. What was the characteristic? Violence. Violence. Immorality. Blaspheme. Blasphemy, sorry. The Lord say, before he comes back, that will be the state. The days of Noah? Why? Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart 
was only you know your passage only evil continually does that sound like what Paul is saying there evil minded inventors of evil things and the Lord says prior to his coming the world will be in that state what is the church then the ground and the pillar of truth what do we do Do we stand firm against those things? Do we uphold the word of God or word of man? And then we are all trapped. Therefore, the Bible warns that these perilous times will, characterize, will be characterized by blasphemy, immorality, violence, and generally newly invented types of evil, which include hating God and anything that is good, by promoting all kind of evil. Question. How can a normal human being created in the image of God hate good and love evil? How is that possible? Perilous man, evil minded. Inventors of things, evil things. These people are working tirelessly to change people's perception of God's order of things. Remember in Romans chapter 1 verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Against what? Against all ungodliness. Against those who suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. So there are people who are actively working to suppress the truth of God, to prevent, to stop people from not only coming to God, but living his life. Therefore going to hell. First Timothy 4.1 speaks of people giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons with lies and hypocrisy hypocrisy now i learned that sometime when you preach uh, in this country you have to make a disclaimer uh, not to offend people so sometimes i have to make a disclaimer uh, even if i'm not convinced to do it but sometimes it's good to do it because uh, people have various reasons for doing things one of those doctrines of demons, I'm going to give you one or two. <laughs> the Bible says, forbidding people to marry. That is not quite relevant. The next one is more relevant. I'm sure you will smile. And commanding people to abstain from food. King James Version, to abstain from meat. Now, people have various reasons for their diet, you know, for health reasons, etc. Here, we're talking about religious, philosophical things. New age, you know, uh, um, what can I say? Uh, new age philosophies. Listen, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Out of those pagans' philosophy. It's very interesting that Paul just pointed out the meat one, you know. 
I had a colleague at work who said she cannot drive a car where the seat is leather. She cannot wear a belt because she's not sure that that serpent would have been happy that after he die, they will use his skin to do a belt. Vegan. Wow. Wow. It's not me. Don't blame me. The Bible says doctrines of demons. And there will be more, and there will be more, and there will be more, and there will be more. Christian life is a very simple life. In fact, the Bible says, eat what you can eat, pray and eat, because God created for that. Easy. We're not Hinduists, we're not Buddhists, we're Christians. I ask a question. How can normal human being created in the image of God hate good and love evil? Answer. Isaiah verse chapter 5 verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's what I was telling you. So there are people who are working very hard to change people's perception of God order of things. The outcome is that people are not quite clear what is good and what is evil, you know, and people are calling good evil, you know, teaching your children about God, you know, uh, Rich Dawkins say, that is dangerous. Teaching that we came from monkey, that is good. People of same gender marrying together, that is good. There are people working under the influence of demonic powers in the background to, make, to, to cause that kind of confusion. The Bible says in Isaiah 5.20, well unto those people. Because they are creating that situation. You know, we don't know what children are being taught in school. You know, when you pay a little bit of attention, it, 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 it's very, 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 very concerning what is happening. Okay. Teaching about God. Saying thou shalt not kill, that has become evil. Well, if you remove God from the classroom, then bear consequences. Remember what happened one day in America? There was a mass shooting in a school, and every parent on the telly, everybody would say, God, why have you allowed this? A Christian said, no, it's not God. He's not in school. You've, you've, you've kicked him out. Because he used to say, thou shalt not kill. Respect your parent. Honor your parent. In assemblies, in schools, that what was taught. You've removed God then. Some, someone has said, um, it doesn't matter because online one voice is one voice. It doesn't matter whether you're parent, pastor, or child. One voice is one voice. That's the society we live in. in. I'm sorry to be repeating these things. But if you are wondering what the last days will increasingly look like, I'm repeating this indication again for you. People will be lovers of themselves. Now, this is not just lovers of them, themselves in uh, making themselves a cup of coffee. Or, no. 
No, 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 no. This is lovers of themselves rather than God. It's a worship of themselves. It's sitting on the throne of their lives and worshiping themselves. Where will all this lead them? Once that becomes the norm, then the world is ready for the superman, for the antichrist. And to accept that and worship, what does the Bible say? That he will sit himself in the temple proclaiming himself God, exalting above anything that is worshipped or called God. That's where we're going. The world is being prepared to accept that. Someone who will proclaim himself God. But before we get there, the idea of the true God, the true gospel, the doubt, confusion must grow in people for people to be ready to do that. But the Bible says the Antichrist will rule, will do that by the power of Satan. So by doing that, people will actually be worshipping the devil. That's the, that's the whole point. That's what must take. Start by worshipping yourself, then you will give allegiance to the enemy. To the devil. The Bible says, turn away from such people. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. The Bible says, if the light that is in you becomes darkness, how thicker will darkness be? You are the light of this world because of Christ, because of his Holy Spirit. Lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Haters of God. Okay, that's enough. Today, let's focus now on the first characteristic of the last day. Men will be lovers of themselves. I recently wrote uh, a very brief article on self-esteem. One of my readers sent me the following feedback. This is really good stuff. But Christians must love themselves in order to love others. Okay. Because Christ says, do unto others what you expect. Because you cannot do, you have to love yourself to the overflow before you can uh, uh, use the excess to love others. No, no. By saying, do unto others what you expect to them, what is called here in England, I learned the golden rule, the Lord knows already that you love yourself. You love yourself already. But think of others. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Because God has put in us that built-in ability to love. Now, if you say God is wrong, I need to sort out my own love first before I can do that. Wow. Have you heard people saying, I hate myself? Have you heard of that? No? 
haven't heard. I've heard people saying I hate myself. I've even heard people wanting to commit suicide themselves because, you know, they feel that they're not good looking, because they feel that they're not achieving what they need. They're not performing well in life. I'm going to kill myself. Nobody listens to me. I hate myself. Wow. That is not hating yourself. That's, that's loving yourself too much. The reason why you want to give yourself death is because you think that I worth more, it's not recognized, therefore I will put an end to my life. It's not because you hate yourself. The reason why you're so concerned about your self-image is not because you hurt yourself. It's because you think that you wish you could look better than that. That's loving self to the overflow. So there is a trick, they lie from the devil. I hate myself now. I'm a failure. Yeah. The reason why you're complaining is because you think that you could have done more, but it's not happening. You wish you could portray your image better than what you are. That's love. Self-love to the extreme. That's not hating. Lies. Lies. I hate myself. I'm going to commit suicide. I'm going to... Christians must love themselves in order to love others. Some of these things come from psychology. Have nothing. Uh, well, I can't say there's nothing wrong with psychology. No, I can say there are few fair good things with psychology. You know, um, you know, um, counseling people, you know, in drugs, etc. you know, uh, psychometric tests, you know, for work, in recruitment courses, etc. But let us not, you know, neglect the word of God and replace those things in area where God is very clear in his guidance and what needs to be done. And now we've got this imposition now, pastors are not qualified to counsel. They need a degree in university counsel. The reason you are failing is because you have a poor self-image. You need to improve your self-image in order to be successful. Think of Moses. The Lord calls Moses, go to deliver the children of Israel. Oh, no, I can't talk. God said, no, go and do a little bit of training you know, in psychology. Improve your image and your talking, and it's going to be okay. Is that what God says? I will be with you. What about Isaiah, the holy prophet? He sees a vision of God on the throne. He says, I'm done. We are called to reflect the image of God. Until we reach that point, we will be deceived. Until we understand that we are called to be transformed from one degree of glory to another in Christ-likeness. English is good. We don't have that in French. Christ-likeness by the Holy Spirit. That's our goal. That's where we're going. That's why we need God every day. Not every morning looking in the mirror. I think I need to improve my image. I poor self-image. It's all about self. Self? Name them. Self-image. Selfies. Selfish. And the most popular selfie. Self-visualization. Self-actualization. Self-improvement, self-development, self, 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 self. The very characteristic of the end time. Self-worship. Easily offended as part of the 
bandwagon. So what do we have? Everywhere you look, it's all about self. Self-esteem, self-actualization, self-realization, self-visualization, self-image, self-improvement, self-idolatry, self-deification, self, 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 self. I wish I could make a song. Improving poor self-image. For those who are made in God's image, and God said we are called to be transformed daily in his likeness because we were made in his image and we will spend eternity with him and God is delight when we resemble him when we we are like him increasingly and that's the work the Holy Spirit is doing why being too bored about self-image to the point of becoming miserable every soul is beautiful and precious in the sight of God. Every soul. God does not look at the appearance, the outside. He looks at the heart. He's looking at that heart. The heart where he is ruling. You know, many, many uh, years ago, uh, we were younger, and, and, and I had an uncle who was uh, going around distributing some magazine, etc., in one of them, you must have seen that, probably it came from English, uh, um, there was a heart where there is God and a heart where there is no God. The heart where there is God, there was a throne and a cross. And the heart without God, there was a chair. The person himself was sitting on the chair as well as looking himself, kneeling down before himself. That's what we're talking about here. Self-worship. Do we really hate ourselves? Maybe. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, please. Ephesians chapter 5, read one verse. Ephesians chapter 5, we read verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. That's God speaking. God who made us. No one ever hate himself. Now you have psychologists who are saying you need to love yourself more because you, you hate. I've just demonstrated to you that that so-called hate is not hate. It's loving self to the extreme and thinking that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And God said no one can hate himself. It's not possible. What we really need from God's perspective is not topping up our own selfism or self-esteem, but doing, that's the Bible I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing, but doing nothing out of selfish ambition. God is against selfishness, which is promoted in the world. It's all about self, self, me, self, me, self. The Bible said now. Nothing should be done out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Listen to what follows. But in lowliness of mind. You see, that's God's standard. You know, these are things that are discerned spiritually. A carnal person cannot understand this. Lowliness of mind in this generation? No way. I have to be at the top. 
Remember one day I was uh, joking somewhere. I say, when we, when believers worship God, you know, because God looks at the heart, there are songs that really reaches heaven because they are really sung from the heart. And one of them is this. As we wait, I will rise like an eagle. People really sing that from their heart because everybody wants to be in the nest, the highest position. Who will humble himself? Who? Everybody wants to. Ego. You see the ego? Higher than anyone else. As we wait, I will rise like an ego. Remember the other day I told you? About us asking God to take pleasure in what he sees, in what he hears. You know, God should just take pleasure in everything. Really? We need to remember that God looks at the heart. What does he see in our heart? To be, to take pleasure. But in loneliness of mind, that is humility, listen carefully what is following here. Let each esteem others, it's not self-esteem, esteem others as being better than yourself. That's what the Bible says. Who are we going to follow and to listen? The word of man says is all about you. Top up your self-esteem. Be above anyone. You look, the Bible says now. Loneliness of mind, consider. Consider. Even if they are not better than yourself, esteem, consider. Because that will put you in a better position before God. It doesn't mean you are nothing. Consider. In your mind, live with that mind. Why? Because we are commanded to have the mind that was in Christ. God did not consider that as a robbery, as a desperate to prove that he was God. He just humbled himself. Does that mean he was less God? No. Self-esteem, esteem others. Who are we going to follow? That's the mind that was in Christ. Philippians 2, 3 to 5. Let's recap. But know this. That in the last days, perilous time will come. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. That's for next time. Boasters, proud, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That is acting religiously, but rejecting God. We need to do to other what we expect from them. We need more love to care for others. If we can't do this, if we are unloving, we just need to cry out to the Lord. Or if we've fallen from the former height of love like the Ephesians, the Lord is still on the throne. He said, repent, come back. God is love. He will fill us with love. If we've gone down, if we become so hateful, if there is something developing that's not that enmity with God, we just come back to God and say, Lord, I open my heart before you. There's something not godly, you know. Help me. 
Let's cry to the Lord. He will help us. To the overflow. Enough to love other people and to care for other people as well. God is love. If we don't, we will grow in hate. If we don't recognize that there's something developing in our heart, we will develop hate without knowing that. Now, problem. Where does one find self-love and self-worth in order to top up their own self-esteem if they are full of self-hatred? Where will love come from then? If someone says they hate themselves, they need to top up with self-esteem, self-love a bit more. Where would that come from if you're already full of hatred? Problem. Lies. Only God can change a heart. God can do it. Prostitute become godly servant of God. Nikki Cruz became a servant of God. Saul of Tarsus became a servant of God. Only God can do that. You see, things can only get messy and worse without God's gracious intervention because God is love. God's love for us is limitless. That's the reason why he sent his only begotten son. For he so loved the world. He's the origin of love. In fact, his nature is love. God. Christ is the good shepherd who came so that his sheep, that is, those who believe in him, those who are born of God, to be born of God, the Bible says, to those who received him, to those who believe in him, he has given them the exousia, the power, the jurisdiction, the rights, the privilege to become children of God. To those who believe in him, one must open his heart. The Lord is knocking at the door. He cannot push the door. We need to open our heart to the Lord God. But how do we do that? The word of God. You can't just sit yourself somewhere like this and say from this time forth I become a Christian, a child of God. Impossible. The word of God, which is called the sword of the spirit. The spirit of God used the word of God to pierce, to transform life. In fact, the Bible says, woe unto those who prevent the sword from splashing blood. It is the word of God that splashes that blood to give that cleansing of sin. The working of God. All this self, self, self will result in nothing but deception. Only God can change us. The Bible does not desperately encourage us to top up our self-esteem or care too much about our self-image, but the Lord knows that we already love ourselves and that we know what it means to be loved. Therefore, we can love and care for others because we were created in his image. We know what it means. We know the frustration of not being loved. We know that. In fact, in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, the Lord commands us to love the Lord your God with all your hearts, 
with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Because you already love yourself. We have the word of God that is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the name of Jesus and his headship. Is that enough for a victorious life, pleasing to God, who has given to us everything that pertains to life and to godliness? Do we need an external source? Do we need something that will push the Bible aside because it looks more trendy, more appealing, more that? No. Especially not in the church of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless you and we say thank you, Lord, for the sharing of the word of God this morning. We commit our hearts and our lives unto your holy hands. We pray that, Lord, you bless each one of us, that we carry on fighting the good fight of faith earnestly, with you at hand to help and to guide. We need to be filled, renewed, baptized, clothed with your Holy Spirit in order to be transformed from one degree of glory to another as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Give you our life, Lord, and we trust you. We look to you for the rest of the pilgrimage on this earth. Bless each one of us, Lord, as we depart from this place. Bless the coming week. In the name of Jesus, all glory to you. Amen.